Running sales, promotions, and discounts is something almost every store does. And there's no promotions app more advanced than bold discounts. It's the easiest way to set up and automate a sale without coupon codes. Think of bold discounts as your store's advanced sale engine. The amount of flexibility in this thing is wild. Listen to this. You can choose whether or not coupon codes are allowed during a sale. It supports smart deal stacking. Let's say you've got overlapping promotions. The app will automatically choose the best offer between the two. And I love that you can add custom HTML to products on sale. So this is great for easily and automatically adding wording to your products like clearance sale, all sales final, etc. They've even added new sales icons and countdown timers. So now if you're running a store-wide sale, you can add their countdown timer in your header, homepage, wherever you want. No coding needed. And that's just scratching the surface of stuff it could do. So if you're looking for a way to automate sophisticated sales in your Shopify store, maybe for flash sales or upcoming holidays, Bold Discounts will get you up and running within seconds. And as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their discounts app free for two months. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com slash bold, and you'll be able to install it from there. That's kurtelster.com slash bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. I recalled it as being good from when, you know, I was like 10. And now I'm like, wow, this stinks. There are some movies I keep in a secret vault in my head in which <laughs> I watched them as a kid. I know as an adult they're probably awful, but I only saw them as a child. So I'm not going to go revisit them as I just keep ruining movies I thought were good by rewatching them as an adult. Uh, I, but I believe you told me you watched the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you were like, "That movie kick, that movie kicks ass." <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had low expectations, uh, and I had just watched a documentary about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, and their fandom, and so definitely we had primed the pump on liking this. But this movie, and you know, I was like eight when this movie came out, and at the time was like, "This is dark." And it is dark. A very serious. It's like a you know when you think of Christopher Nolan's Batman, that was the treatment they gave Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they're like gritty real world Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Honestly, like, but no, you know, going in and knowing all that, I ended up enjoying it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess yeah, I revisited that one, and then that one was good. Uh, my wife was like, well, "What do you expect? All James Cameron movies are bad," and I was like. What, did you, you do a spit take? I was like, what James Cameron movies have you seen? And she was like, Avatar and The Abyss. And I'm like, oh, Nelly, we got a lot more we got to watch. Is she familiar with The Terminator? I believe Terminator 2, which still holds up 
Yeah, it's, it's an all-time like top 100 action movie. It's uh, great. The one that came out three or four years ago with Linda Hamilton back, that one was good. Was that Genesis? No. Or Dark Fate? Dark Fate. That was good. Dark Fate is Dark Fate's good. Yeah, I saw that. It's good. All right, so Black Friday. <laughs> it's around the corner. Got that out of the way. I mean, like, for sure, if you're freaking out about Black Friday, go watch Terminator 2. Then when you're done with that, come back and listen to this podcast. Well, we got to have, like, a metaphor where, like, Black Friday is like the T-1000. It creeps up on you incessantly, never stopping. No, every year, Black Friday, <laughs> it'll be back. I used to have some Arnie sound drops on here. Uh, all right. Do I? Oh, yeah, check this out. No problemo. There we go. I got a Terminator 2 sound drop. Okay, something just happened, sure. Apropos of nothing. No problemo. So, all right, here's my idea. The last time we talked, it was about Black Friday. And we've got this Facebook group with 4,000 wonderful Shopify merchants in it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I posted in there over the weekend because I thought to myself, man, what if we, we surveyed people and asked them, like got some benchmarks, got some ideas for their expectations, plans, uh, past experiences with Black Friday. And then I, I thought this idea was brilliant and then realized I had no idea what to ask. And so I posted in our Facebook group. I said, what questions would you ask? And they came up with a whole bunch of good ones. So I, now, I no longer have a choice. I have to perform this survey. But before I send this out and have the data, I think you and I should talk through some of these questions and come up with predictions. Then we'll run the survey and then we'll do in the a future episode, we'll have it. We'll see, you know, how horribly wrong we were. Um, and then I'll even, we'll take the data and we'll put it in, like as a spreadsheet, we'll put it in our holiday email guide oh, for this year. The best nuggets will be in the holiday email guide. We're making you pay for that stuff. <laughs> uh, probably. Paulie's got to buy a new car. And I buy cars that from a dealership. This is a crazy idea. You know, there's car dealerships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that sell you cars that run. Okay. Uh, I I don't I don't think you're aware of that. All right. So the yeah the the last two cars I purchased uh, did, did not come with titles. Well, that turned out to be an issue. Well, and also you're just like okay, here are the four things I had to replace on this car this week. Yeah, I was gonna say four things. That list is a lot. I spent four days straight undoing nonsense in this 1984 Bronco last weekend, and you know what? I loved every second of it. I'm a work dog. You just you can't leave me alone in your house with nothing to do. I'll chew on your furniture. Like I need that. You need to throw a problem at me. And that's why our business works so well. Because I just sit in my desk, just going, "Woo! Thanks for the check, buddy. Woo!" And then you're just sitting there doing work. Yeah, great. Just furiously typing. <laughs> okay, so for, we're just gonna run these in the order. There is really no order here. Do they increase or decrease ad spend in the lead up to the event? That's our first question. Yeah, you increase it because you're getting more scared. So, so you're like, spend more. We need more money. Get I'm, going. I'm going to go. Well, so it depends on what our- It depends what you're doing. I think Our like, time range is. Well, oh, I, I think it ad spend on X versus ad spend on Y. So I feel like people that you've already cookied or whatever, like you're not doing any cold traffic. Tra- cold traffic should be absolute zero all throughout November. Yes. And then remarketing- uh, Abandoned cart type stuff, you should be jacking that like crazy. Yes. Yeah, I think the answer to this is not necessarily increase or decrease. I think it's ad spend gets reallocated. I don't know that it's necessarily like I'm spending more. I think it's I'm spending differently is Mm -hmm. the answer. Mm -hmm. But again, we're going to find out. 
Uh, do they send daily emails leading up to the event? You better hope so. Yeah, I better hope so. Also, Peter, Peter Roy Barlow just keeps referring to it as the event. I like that. all this thing, and I'm like scared now. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the end of the abyss. Yeah, this catastrophic event. <laughs> Lots of flames. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they better be. How big are their lists? Would it be interesting to see an average? I feel like you need like almost a, uh, you know, big stores versus little stores. I want to see like total number of emails per dollar revenue that the store has. Because obviously, a store that does thirty million dollars a year should have more emails than a store that does thirty thousand dollars a year. And the other question is like, well, you know, what's the quality of the list? How engaged is it? You know, what, what's lifetime spend? But that is a good question. Is like, what is typical list size relative to revenue? And if we do this, we'll do the whole survey anonymous where you're never giving up, per, we're never asking, you know, identifiable information. And then hopefully we can get, um, and we'll use some ranges, like bracketed ranges. Yeah, we need, we need you, when you set it up, you need to ask them, like, what is your store's annual revenue? Yeah, we so need we could, like, try and bracket it. them out, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm glad we're talking through this. Otherwise, I would just uh, like blindly copy paste these questions into a woofoo form. Hope for the best. Uh, do they apply the discount using a coupon code or at a store level? Which is like, I don't want to know who does that. I want to know which one works better. Yeah, it's do I have? Is it a site wide? Is it like site wide sale? You know, just enter the store, everything's half off. Or, hey, here's your here's your half off coupon. Is the question? Well, you're doing. Hopefully you're doing both. Like the half off coupon is only for people in the insiders club. So you get their email, stuff like that. Yeah, do we go after well then the other question is all right, I'm thinking through strategy. So you email everybody, hey, like one day only uh estate sale site wide, everything on the site in stocks forty percent off. And then you email a segment of people, hey, everything's 40% off, but for you, it's 50% off. Here's your extra 10% off coupon. There you go. But do you do we send that to our VIPs as like, thank you? Or do we send this to the people who've never bought to try and get them to buy? Oh, you know what? I'm overthinking it. The <laughs> site itself is 40% off. You're on the email list? Great. You get an extra 10 you get the full thing as opposed to someone who just stumbled on the store. Oh, and then you're like, yeah, you better sign up for our email list in order to get your 10. Do you tell people that on the store? You put that straight up on the store? Sign up for our email list for another 10% off? I'd have it as an exit pop-up. Like, they're about to leave. And I'm like, let's sweeten this deal. It's 50% off. <laughs> Here's a text I received from your wife. Uh-oh. Hi, hi, Paul. Where is mommy? Mommy, are you going potty? Okay, it's okay. Today I'm at the park. Where is dad? Not at work. He's home in a chicken butt. Poop, poo, 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 poo. Poppy, poppy, booty chicken. That sounds like something my wife would say. Yeah, I mean, that's what your wife would text me with. Uh, my four-year-old uh, <laughs> knows how to use text-to-speech. <laughs> and so she sends hilarious text messages to Paul, who is her favorite person to text. None of this is a joke. No, this is all, all of that was just... Verbatim true. She refers to emojis as guys. Yes. And so sometimes she just sends me 50 emojis all in a giant block. And then if I send 50 emojis back, she's like, Paul sent me all these guys. Look how great it is. Yes. And I'm just the best guy for sending emojis. She's like, look at all these guys. And it's not like there's a story in the emojis. She's just picking one she likes. Yeah. It's like putting stickers on a page. Yeah. That's a lot of, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The, all right, his other question, he said, how much does AOV increase on average? How much does conversion rate increase on average? 
That's a really good question, and I realized I don't know the answer to that. I know when you run these sales and on Black Friday, like there's a lot of we've talked about this before. It's a lot of deferred sales I mean, from September, October. And so those numbers do go up. This is the big question, because I mean a lot of people make the claim that Black Friday really garners you no extra sales. All it is is sales that were going to happen organically in September and October are now held off because people know the sale is coming and then they buy it on Black Friday. So you see this massive number. Every day leading up to Black Friday was 10% worse than it should have been. And then that 600% of sales that were missing all now happen on one day. And you go, oh, wow, look at all the money we made that day. It was the same amount of money. So no one would ever be willing to engage in this like experiment where they're just like, we are not having a Black Friday sale. There will be zero Black Friday sale. We're letting everyone know, and it's just not happening. And they just they go in and they see what happens. I mean, no one would do that, though, because they don't want to miss out because it's an unproven hypothesis. Well, and the other thing is I think no customer – the customer is assuming that there's going to be a Black Friday sale. Yeah, I'm saying you, some have to, type. you have to tell everyone months in advance, like, it's not going to happen. So it'd have to be plastered on the site. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. You could never prove it. Unless you're some like excessive luxury brand. Like if you're Louis Vuitton, or do you there there's no way they have a Black Friday sale. Do they? I have no idea. I'm not on like Louis Apple. V's newsletter. I doubt Apple does, maybe. Yeah, Apple's like, uh, these uh, accessories that aren't ours, those are ten percent off. Mm-hmm. Like leave us alone. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, Apple really doesn't do sales, do they? Well, they do back to school and, and that's, that's it. it. Uh, uh, the other was, you know, what percent discount do they offer on average? Again, this is where we'd want to know. Um, we'd want to know what they sell because it's like, yeah, if it's Apple, you know, ten percent is the most you get out of Apple. But if it's like a clothing retailer where your, you know, your, um, your catalog is very seasonal, then okay, that's where you see like fifty percent because they're like, we got to get this crap out of here. Yeah. It because yeah, for them it becomes distressed inventory very quickly. Where I need to get the stuff out the door. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing the answer is such a broad range is somewhere between fifteen percent and fifty percent. And I, I'm going to say like twenty five or thirty is probably going to be our our typical mode number here. Other incentives in addition to or instead of a discount, e.g., free gift, which ties into Brad Martin's response, which is which is better. Offering free item tiers, spend $25, get X, spend $75, get Y, spend $100, get Z, or offer a flat discounted rate of whatever off. So that's sort of the same question. I think I think free gift with purchase is better. I agree. I think it 25% off really cuts into your margins probably. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so it's like, okay, well, I made more top line revenue, but the total amount of profit I made stayed the same or dropped in which case who cares like you didn't you didn't actually make more money so how was this good for you whereas free gift with purchase you're jacking up that average order value and making more money on top of it for giving away a free gift that hopefully you know spend $25 get x take whatever your margin is on $25 say it's you know 15 bucks that X better cost five bucks, and now you've you're making more money. 
because people who normally wouldn't spend twenty five, they're getting up to the twenty five now to get that gift. Yeah, I think no matter what your promotion is, you're probably shooting yourself in the foot if you don't set a minimum purchase price on it mm-hmm. and make that the average order value. Yeah, don't give ten bucks off. Uh, don't give twenty five percent off on a ten dollar purchase. Yeah. Um, so if, like I would say, all right, that's our our base, that's our floor, and. But I, I like this question of do we offer you know, free item tiers? Um, do we offer a free gift? I love the tier idea, especially because it, it you can ladder your way up to higher average order values. Oh, a ton. Because people will, okay, well, I was only going to spend 20 bucks, but now I'll get this other thing that's also 20 bucks. So now I'm at 45. Now I'm at, now I'm at 40, so I got the first tier gift. Well, 40 is not so far from 75. So if I had another 35, I can get that even better gift. And yeah. like people just will continually talk themselves into spending more and more. Because you have essentially, you have short-circuited the rational part of their brain with FOMO. Yeah. You've presented them with like, look, if you don't spend more money, you're basically losing money by not getting that free gift. Well, you're missing out on the free gift by not spending more money. Yeah. You'll never get it ever again. And that's so the free... Ah, good point. The free gifts then work really well when they're an exclusive. It's not just like a thing that is otherwise available in the catalog. If it's a one-off thing that is only ever available as a free gift during this limited window, that's when these things really kill. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the hard part, is figuring out what the free gift is. It's tough, because it depends it on the brand. Yeah, it depends on the brand. You got to think up, like, what are our three free gifts for Black Friday 2021? And they better be two different examples. and they better be different than the Black Friday 2020 ones. Like you you need to generate new ideas, but the payoff is just crazy. You know, they don't necessarily have to be different than hmm. the previous year, especially if it's a consumable good. That's not as fun. It's not as fun, but it's also, you know, it's tough to come up with original ideas continuously. So the the two examples, um Hoonigan did uh lap- enamel lapel pins. That these were only available as a free gift with purchase during that Black Friday week. And it was like, you know, make any purchase over X dollars and you get that day's free pin. And they had a different pin for every day of the week. And the the pins were um, uh, various car builds they've done, which become like characters in their their YouTube channel. And so that uh, there's like brand affinity there. It performs very well. Like the free gift ideally isn't just some random tchotchke there's got to be some – it has to have a clear tie-in. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll invent another one. Uh, Adams Polishes, who sells uh, detailing supplies for cars, they will often do limited editions of their own products. Like, they'll do a pumpkin spice limited edition where it's the same product uh, like quick detailer spray or like window cleaner, glass cleaner. And they'll change the label. Uh, they'll change the – maybe they'll change the color. And they definitely change the scent. So now you've got the pumpkin spice scent. Okay, well, if you have scented products, especially if you manufacture them yourself, that's a pretty easy yeah, you just limited make, edition thing to do. You're just making the special Black Friday peppermint one. The, that's right. It would be the holiday peppermint uh, edition, you know, whatever product. And, it, like, if it's a bestseller, and especially, like, it's a consumable good, well, now it doesn't matter if that person has purchased that thing before or not because certainly they could, you know, they'll, they'll buy it again. So I like those. I really, I like that strategy. 
because it, it it's adding a lot of perceived value. It's fun. It's different. It's not just the the sugar high of I got a a deal on an item. Mm-hmm. So excellent questions from Mr. Brad Martin and Peter Roy Barlow. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? Well, you could make a deal with the devil. Can you believe it? All I had to do was give him my soul. <laughs> or you could just use Zipify one-click upsell. Created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store entrusted by over 8,200 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. Plus, it's got mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to Zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T, and to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Ronald Cross wants to know, what was their ROAS? This is going to be a tough one, because this year, I think it's anybody's guess what ROAS looks like. Return on ad spend. Their return on ad spend. Yeah. So this is just a question as an outsider. Facebook just gives you that number, right? Yes. If it, it's Facebook, they like tell you like your ROAS on this specific campaign was this. It knows it knows the ad that it showed to the person, and it knows how much revenue came through on Shopify. And we know those numbers are correct. They're they're pretty good. <laughs> okay. What if we're spending across different platforms? Ah, now we get into a question of attribution, in which case what happens is everybody takes credit. Yeah. If you add up the revenue attributed to Clavio, Facebook, Google, to everybody, it's the total attributed revenue will always be more than your actual revenue because all of them take total credit. But, and I see you know, people ask like, well, how do you fix that? It isn't broken. It, every one of those was a touch point in the funnel. So they do all get the credit, but not, you know, you're not supposed to add the whole thing together. Yeah, they all did a piece of the job. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, when you purchase furniture, oh, who helped you today? That kind of thing. It'd be good to have one universal, holistic tracking cookie that, like, figures all that out. So you know where to, like, push more, push more money into well, no one wants, I don't think anybody wants to set that up for fear of losing uh, attention oh, yeah, and resources. That, well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's the whole reason that, you know, with streaming and the way the cable boxes are set up, you could get exact numbers on the exact number of people that watch every single show. But uh, we're just going to stick with the Nielsen numbers uh, and their weird garbage system that makes no sense because we need to be able to lie and tell advertisers how many people actually watched it. Uh, so for this question, what was the row as? I don't know. I don't. And this is another one that's like so dependent it's on other so things. It's so dependent on what the store is. Yeah, so we need to know uh, industry vertical. Is that another checkbox? You need to offer, you need to put like 10 different verticals? 
Yeah, it's going to be like a, a yeah a, a radio button with here's your different industries, a radio button for just give me revenue range, um, and radio button for like years in business. I think that's what we're going to have to do. Mm. And then that way we could break it down by um, category. This guy's smart. It's going to be quite the table I have to make. And no one's going to fill it out because it's going to be like 50 questions. <gasps> Take it back. <laughs> uh, Emily Wishaw has some good good questions here. Do they buy extra stock on purpose, knowing that they would sell it at a discount, or did they simply take the opportunity to clear slow-selling stock? And did buying give them extra, better pricing with their supplier, or did they haggle a deal? How does their profit for a Black Friday, Cyber Monday month compare to a month without discounts or sales? The profit question is interesting. I think for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think... I, I think- there's too much emphasis on top line revenue between a lot of people with a lot of people because that's the bigger number. It's the bigger, sexier number. But I mean, yeah, we work with we've we've worked with clients that like we log into the back end of their store and we look at each other and we go, holy shit, these guys made fifteen million dollars last year. But then when you look into the actual business, it was like, okay, they fifteen million dollars entered their pocket, but. $14.5 million left their pocket. So this giant company really only made 500 grand. Yeah. yeah and and like, you know, no one ever wants to talk about that or go over that. Yes. Yeah, top-line revenue really is is somewhat meaningless. And I mean, unless I feel, you know profit. I feel like that's what a lot of Black Friday is, is jacking up top-line revenue. Probably. But that's why I like her question of like, well, are we just, you know, are we buying stock? Or are, we, or are we moving distressed inventory? As always, it depends. <laughs> but, you know, for sure, like with, um, you know, if the whole store is not on sale, then, yeah, we're moving, we're just moving revenue, oh, moving we're, stuff. We're putting that sh- stuff in the clearance area um, and just shoving it out the door. Uh, mystery boxes, mystery bags. Maybe the free gift is stuff <laughs> that we had been carrying. The free gift is a mystery bag, which is the crap that didn't sell. Usually. It's actually a good idea. It is. Oh man, the free yeah, the free gift is a mix is the mystery box, and the mystery box contains shit you can't get rid of. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is stuck on the shelf. We did it. We just handled it for you. There we go. You're welcome. Uh, did they buy extra stock on purpose? Maybe, but uh, you got to buy that inventory right now. Yeah, you're dead. We taught you talked to someone earlier this week who was like, well, um. The product is like still being manufactured right now, and but we need to be up by Black Friday. And you were like, "You're dead." Yeah, you're uh, dead. Oh, <laughs> you're like, "Is it on a boat?" And they're like, "No, it's about to be made." You're like, "Oh no, you're dead." Well, don't ship it via via boat. It's got to go via air. Yeah, it's the sh- the shipping ports. So it's like even a you're paying you know twenty to thirty grand for a container right now, which is outrageous, and then it's just gonna sit outside floating in Long Beach. Before, and who knows when you get it? Like, I, I'm waiting on flooring that I ordered in June, and they're like, it's stuck, it's trapped on a container, we can't get it, sorry, pick a different vinyl floor for your basement. That's a big pain. But, like, I mean, that's from June, and it's backed up. So this only going to compound and get worse. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking shipping it in 2021, for sure. Uh, what do we got here? Rachel Reed asks... Do people continue running discounts in December? I'm saying yes, they do, yep. and they should. Yes. Because there's always going to be last-minute buyers. Yeah. Yeah, there's like that last-minute, here's your last-minute shipping window to buy, 
In which case, you know, I think this year it's like move it, figure out which yeah, carrier. Give it, whatever, whoever tells you, whatever they tell you the date is, give it an extra week. Yeah, that one's a little dangerous. But yeah, December you get that. Um, and then my favorite that I think a lot of people don't do that really performs pretty well is on Christmas Day, you're like, hey, get what you really wanted. And because a lot of people have gift cards. Yeah, that's great. They have like the Visa gift card for grandma. Yeah, I mean, you're still, even though Christmas is over, that last week of December, people are, they got gift cards, they're making returns, so they got cash back now in hand, and they're going to be like, well, now I got to spend this cash that is, was free to me. I mean, you're continuing all through New Year's Day. This uh, Black Friday starts October 1st or whatever, the holiday season. November starts, 1st. Starts October 1st. Right. No, because you're getting re- you're planting all your seeds all throughout October. And I then agree. the final reaping is New Year's Day. Ah, you're right. Yes. I love that. Tell me I'm right again. You're so right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, does anyone get a December slump? Yeah. Defi- define slump. Like, will December perform as well as November? No. Doubtful. Will December perform worse than January through July? No. No. I don't think. So I wouldn't call it a slump. It's January it is usually a little slow. Yeah, but I mean an average month. That credit card bill from November, December shows up. Yeah. And people are like, whoa, pump the brakes. Um when do you launch your holiday exclusive products sets bundles? Get that out the door November first. Really? You yeah. want to launch them that early? I feel like the launch can happen the Thanksgiving week. I don't think, or you disagree? I think I might do. Well, you, what? Or you or you tier it so you're like the exclusive people, I, the VIP people get it earlier. Yeah. Either I'm going to. Uh, Share it with just the email list, and I, if I want to, I can limit it to just past purchasers, uh, or people have made you know plus two per, two plus purchases. It depends on the size of my email list and how much inventory I have to move here, right? So make best judgment. Um, the and maybe I run multiple. I've got multiple holiday exclusives. So this is November. This is week one, week two, week three, week four uh, for November. It just depends how you want to set it up. I like doing the multiple weeks because then I, essentially I'm just like running new product launches every single week. Oh, that's and then I'm good. training them to pay attention. Like I got some cool exclusive stuff for you here. Wait, so you're launching different products every week? Yeah, because this was phrased uh, as plural: holiday exclusive product sets bundles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and especially with bundles, like I could do if I have an existing catalog. Maybe I take, like, okay, here's these two items plus an exclusive, and that's week one. And then week two is, like, I change out the exclusive or I change out one of the items uh, and an exclusive. That's what's nice about the bundling. Mm-hmm. Well, and the bundling is, like, I feel like the bundling is something you could discount without hurting your margins as much, where you bundle it together and then you take 10% off a bundle the bundle has a way higher average order value, so you're not getting, so your shipping cost per unit's lower and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Our final question, and I think this is a good question to end on, comes from Mark Parks, who asks, do folks go in with a plan B should things not work out? If so, what does that look like? Isn't the problem here, you don't know 
that it's not worked out until it hasn't worked out? Yes. <laughs> so we need to have our plan B. But what I'm saying is that by the time you're like, oh, need a plan B. It was like, it's already too late. All right. Well, I agree with you, but as a thought exercise, I think I could make this work. Oh, great. So if one of our ideas is, hey, stay away from the discounting sugar rush and do like minimal discounts and do your discounting via free gifts and bundles, then, and you're skeptical about this idea, but you're going to try it. What you then hit, what you could also do is set up, um, set up can- email campaigns for, we've got our entire you know, site-wide sale, no coupons, 50% off the entire thing. And I could set that up as an, you know, an unlaunched draft campaign in Klaviyo and in Launchpad and Shopify. And then that way, if I, I panic and go, look, the, I'm not doing, I'm not going to meet goal. Like, we're just not doing enough sales. There's no way we meet goal. Aha, I could pull the trigger on, like, my emergency backup sale where I know, yeah, I'm doing huge discounting, but I could turn all this inventory into cash quickly. At a lower rate. Yeah. But it, I'm going to sacrifice profit. But I'm going to move the stuff out the door. But the profit play didn't work. What if you set up the Plan B campaign, but the Plan B campaign doesn't launch until later, and it only hits people that didn't buy from the Plan A campaign, that clicked through and didn't buy. Brilliant. Let's get even more aggressive. The campaign, which it should anyway, excludes anyone who's made a purchase in the last 30 days. And it just goes out to anyone who didn't buy in November. And so then you do it via, you don't have really have the site-wide sale. You do it via like coupon code, I think. Because you only in the, want, yeah, and that one you're you, right. I probably got to do coupon give code. The deep discount to the clearly very reticent buyers. But to make sure I get, I don't have breakage with my coupon code. I use a shareable discount link, which is a Ooh. that's a feature Shopify supports. Cool. So then that way, when they hit checkout, the coupon code is already applied. And that really just higher conversion rate, because less hassle for the customer, but also less hassle for uh, your customer service reps because they don't get those emails like I purchased but forgot to apply the code. Yeah. That's never fun. Or code, and you don't want, you want less code leakage to people that are, that already bought and then see that there's a code going around and they're like, what the fuck? I already yeah. bought. I got screwed. Yes. And if those people come back to you, it's either like, well, okay, you know, we're sorry. Here's a, a coupon code. Here's a, a gift card for a future purchase for that value. You, know, you essentially you're like, here's an in-store credit. Mm. I think that's a, a nice way to keep everybody happy. All right, that's our, our last one. All right. How do we feel about the survey? I think the survey is going to be cool and interesting. I hope everyone fills it out so we actually get good data, no matter how long it is. And they better not lie. Well, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. I think we'll just note that. It's like we really, you don't know if people are making this stuff up. But hopefully if, you, <laughs> if the sample size is large enough. Sounds real useful. <laughs> some great anecdote you got here. <laughs> All right, let's, let's end it there. Shopify's online store 2.0 is here, and I have some very exciting news for you. Out of the Sandbox just updated their best-selling turbo theme to be online store 2.0 compatible, and it's better than ever. The turbo theme is a personal favorite of mine. Its update is packed with features like new faceted filtering, sections on producted content pages, and support for meta field modifications. Honestly, this is one of the best themes. Plus, 
Out of the Sandbox offers a 14-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. Head over to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial to get Turbo today. And don't forget to use the promo code KURT20 for 20% off your theme. That's K-U-R-T-2-0. Save yourself the FOMO. Buy Turbo today. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.